Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hello, my lovely people. Welcome back to another episode. I'm super, super pumped for today's episode because it's kind of on the fly, but it's just come off the back of a live I did last night inside of the Jack Girl University Facebook group, which is my free Facebook group for women who lift, who identify with that recovering perfectionist personality type who want to get jacked, you want to get lean, you want to build a body and muscle that you're proud of. And last night in there, I did a live called something like your superstar or your deficit cheat sheet for a superstar deficit. I don't know, something like that, right? And whilst I was doing it, I realized I could absolutely expand on it. So what I wanted to do was provide a bit of a part two where I'll be going over some of the things that I said last night in the, inside that group. Uh, but also then further expanding on the things that I ran out of time to talk about last night. So if you're not in that group, you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend you jump into that group because it's it's just even more of this kind of content that's helping us get better results in the gym. So just have a look in the description box below and you will find a link there to join. But first up, you know what? I probably just give you a quick comp prep update because I think some of you like this. If you are not interested in these kind of updates, you can probably skip ahead for a minute or two and you'll hit the start of this episode. Uh, in terms of comp prep, I actually am not sure what week I'm in. I think I'm in week seven. It could be in week eight. It's actually quite boring at the moment. Everything is going really, really smooth sailing. We did my initial deficit drop from maintenance at the start of prep. And we haven't had to change my food since we've actually added, I think out of, so I've been just say I've been in this for eight weeks. It could be eight or seven weeks, whatever. Um, We've done four days of eating at maintenance out of that period of time. Otherwise it's just been the same calories the whole time. Um, Things are moving really, really well. Uh, Steps are at like 10 and a half thousand, which I'm sort of yelling from the rooftops because I think a lot of us have gotten caught up in that. Oh my God, I have to do 15,000 steps. I have to do 20,000 steps. It's just like, you know, hopefully you're not in a place that you need to do that at this, at the start of a deficit. And if you are, well, this episode is for you because it sounds like we're doing something wrong. Okay. We, you know, we shouldn't need to be there. And one of the reasons why I do want to share some bits and pieces about my comp prep, even though I understand like it's an extreme sport. It's not why people follow me. People aren't following me because they want to see the um, ins and outs of a comp prep. A lot of us have, uh, you know, struggling still with perfectionist tendencies and like comp prep really doesn't align with that. And um, I spoke in previous episodes where I talk about competing, how there was that um, fear of mine in doing this would it really um, like kind of bash heads with my message, which definitely is like, we need to pull back from doing all of this shit. But I just want to, I just want to show that 
we can come from a place of like overtraining, under eating, and just heaps of body image shit, heaps of food shit. We can get through it to a place that you can actually do stuff like a comp prep and it's literally fucking fun and there's no pressure and no stress. And it's just, it's crazy to me that this exists. But also I know that um, I'm being very deliberate in the content that I'm sharing about it. And that being able to share this and being able to share a perspective of someone who isn't doing a comp prep, who's dealing with a whole lot of food and body image crap, because I know there are a lot of people who do them that still are, it just shows what's possible. I'm huge in terms of showing people what's possible, that that the way you might be seeing this whole you know, physique and strength game, it's not the end point. It doesn't have to be the end point. If you're not happy with the way you're viewing all of this and it feels stressful and it feels overwhelming and, and pressuring or pressurizing, that doesn't have to be your reality. And I'm just thinking of a whole bunch of my clients who have also come with me. And when they came to me, they were, uh, yeah, overtraining, overdoing activity and under eating. And I just can think yeah, of a whole slew of them who are in a, just a much better, better place now. And they're seeing themselves differently. They're seeing food differently. They're seeing training differently. So it's not only that I know it exists for me, I know it exists for multiple of you. And I think it's really important that we kind of shout this from the rooftops because back when I was stuck in that really poor cycle, I kind of didn't know anything else exists. And I was kind of like, this is what my life is going to be like forever. And it just felt like such a heavy weight on my shoulder. So anyway, that was a little bit of a a personal divergent, but uh, we will continue with the episode. So what I really spoke about last night, and again, if you dive into Jacko University, you'll find the live. I spend a lot of time, believe it or not, actually talking about the pre-deficit phase. How do you set up an amazing deficit? It starts before the deficit. And I'll just briefly go through what I spoke about last night, but 100%, you've, you've got to listen to the episode if you're coming into one or you've just started one or you want to do one in the future, which is massive reflection on the last merry-go-round. <laughs> like what happened? Good, bad, ugly, what happened? What worked? What didn't work? How'd you feel about the whole thing? What were the main narratives running in your head? When I say main narratives, I'm like, what were you thinking about your progress? What were you thinking about your scale weight? How did you feel about training? How did you feel about your energy? What what were your preconceived ideas about how the deficit was going to go? Because it's so, it's so interesting to me. Sometimes we prophesize what's going to happen. And of course it happens. <laughs> we're so committed to our prophecy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Or it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy. And I have definitely seen the duality for myself and the switch between both for myself. And it's nuts. It's nuts. And it's possible. So I just want you to reflect on that. What results did you get? How did you feel about the results that you did get? Because that's the other thing that's really curious to me is sometimes people get fucking phenomenal results and they don't see it. They don't see it because they're comparing themselves to some kind of insane quick fix result that they saw someone else on the internet get and they can't actually see how amazing the amazing progress they've made the other thing when we're looking at our you know our physical selves and I have referred it to meat suits before and uh, you know not really as a joke but I kind of see it as our it's like it's ours it's yours it's your individual meat suit 
And I've seen people backlash about that, like you can't reduce ourselves to just a you know a physical body, and that's disrespectful, and it doesn't take into account the you know the scale of the universe and all that sort of shit. And like that's fine. We can all have different opinions. That's fine. But we definitely have a physical thing that we're in. <laughs> we definitely have a physical meat suit that we're in. And it gets to be as you get to be as creative as you like. You get to be as creative as you like. And the other thing I think is that far out, like why wouldn't you completely and utterly honor this this meat suit, your physical being? It's yours. <laughs> like it's yours. It's it can never be anybody else's but yours. And when we're thinking of things that are ours, it's like, man, I want to protect it. I want to give it, you know, so much love. I want to just be basically at one with it. And this might be feeling or sounding pretty, I don't know, weird, but this is literally how I see it. And I see it. This is, this is mine and it's incredibly special. It is one of a kind and it just makes me really excited to be in my own meat suit (laughs) and just thinking of really just like cherishing it for what it is specifically mine right it is mine it's the most unique thing that I have right me you know and we I'm you know I'm not going into psychology in our brains and the way we think and our souls and all that sort of stuff because of course that is uniquely us as sorry ours as well But it's like, even with all our quote unquote perceived imperfections, even though like it doesn't really resonate with me at all, like it may resonate with some of you, man, they're yours. Like to me, that's still the coolest thing. And I still think that as it is, it's, I don't even want to go with the perfect imperfect. It's just uniquely you, which is the most amazing thing to me. But anyway, I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. But in this pre-deficit phase, we're also say we're also looking at like what's your plan? What is the purpose? And I dived in briefly about hopefully the purpose of your fat loss phase is literally just to lose body fat. Because if your purpose is to, I don't know, magically shift into some, you know, different life that's amazing and blah, 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 blah you might be disappointed. Now, it's not to say that character traits that you have to exhibit for a successful deficit won't rub off on other areas of your life and level that up. Yeah, completely. That is a byproduct of you believing in the process, of you showing up day after day and leaning into those character traits. Like discipline is a big one with being in a deficit. Delayed gratification is a big one being in a deficit. Being somewhat organized, scheduled those sorts of things are a big uh, is a big one that you need to be in a deficit and that can absolutely leak into other areas of your life but if you're like sorry if you can hear my asthma but if you're like you know what I'm going to get into this deficit to um, make my ex-boyfriend more jealous or I don't know you know be more popular like all of this shit I think you'll be really really sorely disappointed because a lot of those things are more about our psychology and our internal stories So hopefully the purpose of your fat loss phase is literally it's just to lose body fat and you don't expect that the heavens are going to open up and your life is going to magically change and you're not going to have any problems. That's not true. It's not going to happen. And that's what I used to think. (laughs) So before I was qualified, before I even thought about getting into this PT space, physique space, 
I used to think that weighing less would be the answer to all my problems. Like I wouldn't have any problems anymore if I weighed a certain amount. And yeah, that's absolutely not true, right? Okay, so what's your plan for the deficit in terms of do you have an end date? You need an end date. Really, really important to make sure we don't just fluff around. If we don't have an end date, we're too much at risk of just being like, eh, I can kind of do this whenever. And you kind of like half ass a deficit. And that's where we can get into just really, really bad patterns. So have a date. And then, of course, just making sure you have some form of accountability, whether that is a date, whether that is, you know, specific goals, whether it's a person, whether it's a coach, whatever it is. And then, of course, looking at your family, family situation, your social circle, your work environment, all of that and going, where is the support? Where is the friction? Is my current lifestyle going to support a, is my current lifestyle going to support these goals or is it going to butt heads against them? Okay. And then it's not a matter of yes, no, I really am not a black, white person. I'm just not. And I know a lot of people hold that up in high regard as in being a black and white person. I'm fucking not because to be fair with you, life is not black and white. There's so much gray. And it's like, just say you find that there's a whole bunch of friction and less support. It doesn't mean we can't deficit. Get deficit. We can't get into a deficit. It does just mean that we'll need to look at creative ways of doing so that will that will still keep you in a deficit, but that will work for your lifestyle. And there might be a point where it's like, you know what? No, this isn't the right thing to do. But I would much rather come from a mindset of like, what's possible? Like how how could this look? And just brainstorming some ideas and having to go yes, no, black, white. I'm just, it's just not me. If you want the coach that's black, white, that's fine. Go find them. There's plenty of them out there. I don't live in that. I definitely live in the let's get fucking creative with this. Let's see what we can do, what's possible here for us. And it doesn't mean I don't believe in like you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose body fat. Of course you have to. Like you have to be in an energy deficit. Like that is um, fact. <laughs> that's fact, which is completely different to what I'm saying with the black and white gray thing, which is like, how can we be creative in terms of solving problems? How can we be creative in terms of solving problems, right? Okay, so the next question is like, what if obstacles arise because they no doubt will? How are you going to solve them? So again, reflecting on what's happened in the past, what obstacles normally come up for you? What obstacles might come up for you in the future? And I don't have the direct um, details of this now, but I know there's been studies done before in terms of helping, I think it was rehab patients with their recovery. And those who thought about and noted down like potential obstacles and then thought about and wrote down ways that they can get past them versus a group that did, did none of that. They didn't bother to consider obstacles. In terms of the rehab, the people who got better results were those who thought ahead and planned ahead because when the situation arises, they're like, oh, fuck, I've already thought of this. I already know if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Okay, you can see that. It's very, very logical, right? Um, And then also how we act socially, you know, and you've really got to ask yourselves this. Some people are semi the same as me and we don't have these huge social lives that get in our way. And even when we do, like it doesn't really bother us. Like we can go to a wedding, we can go to a lunch, we can go to a dinner, get a steak and veggies and like it feels like nothing to us. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. 
Um, but there are some people who that feels incredibly restrictive to have to do that. And it's like, if you're going out three to four times a week and to you, it's, it's just incredibly restrictive to, um, choose meals that are in alignment with your goals. And I would suggest like, we have to work on that first before we can actually play out a successful deficit because otherwise you're just creating a whole lot of bullshit spiraling. Maybe then you're the kind of person who cancels plans because you freak out about it. We don't want that. So it's like, okay, I think there's some homework to be done before we get into a deficit phase if that's you. Of course, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, We're all in different places with these journeys and um, we all absolutely can end up in a place where we can execute all of these phases, phases, whether it's deficit, where it's just staying in maintenance, you know, not tracking, just living our best lives with some structured flexibility because we're training, we're trying to at least maintain the muscle mass we have and maybe get stronger as well, or even diving into a surplus, right? We can, there. I believe for absolutely everyone, we can eventually get to a place where we can do those three things or one of them or whatever with ease and relaxation, but it's just, it's just the way it is. We all have different mindsets, experiences, um, cultural life, um, economic status. There are just geography. There are so many different factors that go into this and it's all fine. It's all fine. And we just have to accept where we are at, accept where we are at so that we can move forward from that. Okay. So from there, I started to go into like, what do I think really trips a lot of people up and having coached so, 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 so many women now in terms of deficit phases, just looking at why are people successful and why might people have a hard time? This is really what I wanted to get into for this episode. Okay. So I do have a list of a couple of dot points that I wanted to expand on. So I think that when it comes to deficit phases, what a lot of people find really challenging is Of course, it's sticking to the lifestyle and the habits that are required to be in a deficit of energy for a period of time long enough to see a fat loss result. And of course, I think if you nail them and it's just easy breezy for you, I don't think you'll be listening to this. So I think if you're listening, this is probably you where you would love to be in a deficit phase or you would love to get some kind of fat loss result, but it always feels like a challenge, right? So let's just start to tease out why that could be. And this is probably going to be like a podcast where you might want to um, listen to it and then get a journal and just reflect on your own experiences and where you're at, because it may really bring up blind spots. And by blind spots, I typically mean that you have a belief in your head that you think is true that's actually not true. And when I first went through this process with a mindset coach, maybe I think it was maybe two years ago or maybe even a year and a half ago where it really landed with me. And I'll, I'll explain the situation to you briefly just so you can understand what I'm saying because you're going to get more out of the podcast if you have an example. So I had this belief that I was selfish and I could, I could see what I believed to be evidence of that. So I made it very true. So it was like, like, I just am a selfish person. Like this is a fact, right? It's a fact. It wasn't, I didn't believe it was a perception that maybe some people had or whatever. I was like, no, no, no. Like I am selfish. And these are the reasons why I'm incredibly selfish. Okay. And when I was talking to my mindset coach at the time, you know, we, I can't remember exactly how the conversation went down right now, but she really helped me elicit that there's a 
not even just one side of that coin. There are multiple different ways we could look at those situations of me saying, well, this definitely shows that I'm a selfish human. She was like, yeah, but you know what? There are like these three other ways to perceive these situations that show that your other character traits, right? And I was kind of like, my mind was blown because I was like, I used to think that this was a fact, like Amy is selfish. And not to say that there aren't parts of me that are, I'm human. I think, you know, I think it's a pretty human trait to exhibit selfish traits here and there. Like, it's just the way it is. And I'm not making that to be this really evil monster anymore that's like incredibly shameful and embarrassing. Like, whatever, I'm human and I exhibit selfish traits at times. Like, it's very, very human of me to do. And it was just a mind blowing moment because I was like, oh my God, like that's not a truth. It's not a hard fact, but I was making it a belief and truth for me. So as we go through these, I just want you to reflect on like, okay, so what are my beliefs? What is true? And I, I want you to write them down. And sometimes it can be challenging to do this on our own again, because like I say, we see it as fact, but Geez, potentially if you have a trusted friend or a family member, or if you have a coach or someone that you can run this stuff by, and yeah, like it can be incredibly vulnerable, but we might be able to flip it and you might be able to say, geez, this actually is only in my head a truth. It's not a hardcore fact. And one of the ways we can, you might be able to do this if you are doing this work on your own, it's like play out the situation as if you were seeing it from a surveillance camera where like maybe you couldn't really hear anything. Um, Maybe you could only see what's happening. And then like you realize how much you're layering meaning on. Because if we kind of only see something without all of the, you know, our inside chatter and our inside meaning, you kind of realize, oh my God, it's not actually a fact, okay? And another way to do this is maybe to find uh, people who are having who are doing something similar, who are having completely different experiences than you because you're like, oh, wait, a deficit doesn't have to be X, Y, Z because I can see evidence of another person engaging in it this way and and they have these beliefs, okay? So the first one is maybe you've chosen an approach that doesn't work for you. So maybe you've gone too aggressive. Maybe you haven't gone aggressive enough. Maybe you've created some food rules that didn't need to exist in the first place. So I'll give you an example here. So maybe your current belief is that for you to engage in a deficit, and I don't think this is anyone anymore, I hope that we're moving out of this, you think that you have to cut out carbohydrates or eat low carb, or you have to eat 1,200 calories, or you've made rules like, well, if I'm in a deficit, I can't eat bread and I can't eat chocolate, or I can't you know, go out to eat. There's just so many different things, right? And if you've decided that that's a fact and that's true, but at the same time, that's the very thing getting in your way because you can't sustain it, ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 you found where it's not black and white <laughs> and you need to explore some other approaches. You need to go, okay, so what if I could eat chocolate in a deficit? What would that look like? What would a deficit look like where I could eat chocolate? What would it look like if I didn't have to go to 1200? And from there, you know, you start to seek out information or help that is going to help you go, okay, so what are the other ways to do this? Okay, so that's number one, just choosing an approach that doesn't work for you. The next one is maybe your expectations are not matching up with reality 
and you're not willing to accept that. There's the kicker with that one. So maybe you had these expectations that were completely, I don't even want to say unrealistic, but just not, yeah, unrealistic. But then they're not matching up with your reality at the moment and you're not willing to accept that. So just say you had expectations of, and I'm just going to chuck some numbers out here, like losing a kilo a week. Whereas for most people, that's greater than 1% of our body weight per week, which would mean we're at severe risk of muscle loss. And it's just getting to the point of highly unsustainable. That's not even aggressive. That's like past aggressive rates of loss. And you're not willing to accept that your expectation of one kilo a week is fucking ridiculous. Okay, I just, yeah, said that as it is, good. (laughs) Okay, so ask yourself, what are your expectations? And again, you don't know what you don't know. So this is where if you're really getting tripped up, even a one-off consultation with a coach can be really helpful. And if that's something you need, hit me up in the DMs. But just to go, okay, so this is, you know, my time frame. this is my purpose, this is what I'm gonna do. What do you think? And it's like, dude, what do you, like, uh, you know, a kilo a week is ridiculous. And I'm talking um, women here because 1% of your body weight in a kilo a week, there's going to be men who that is perfect for them, okay? <laughs> um, so just making sure that your expectations of what is is likely to happen, what we can expect to happen, actually matches up. Okay, then the next one is your environment is providing a lot of friction and your values don't match even though you wish they would. So this is a bit of a reality check where it's like, whether it's your family, whether it's your partner, whether it's your social circle, whatever it is, there's a lot of friction there. So it's because of your basically like lifestyle and environment pushed together, it makes it really, really hard for you to stick to a deficit. So it could be, you know, my partner cooks and he just, he, you know, the most beautiful thing in the world, but really he kind of thinks me wanting to do a deficit in his own head is like, he doesn't think I should be doing it or need to do it. So he's really not paying any attention to, you know, my calorie intake and he's making these beautiful and extravagant meals again, which is absolutely beautiful and amazing and lovely. Um, but it's just not going to work with my deficit and, um, you know, I don't want to hurt his feelings and I really appreciate what he's doing for me. So even though I'm saying I'm in a deficit, I know very well that the meals that I'm having for dinner are absolutely out of alignment, right? That's one scenario. Or it's your friends are going out three times a week and they're engaging in like alcohol and not sleeping and food and all of this sort of stuff. And there's lots of judgment there. And even though you wish, even though you wish that you weren't in that situation, you are. And this is one of those things where it's like, you know what, I want to be in a deficit, but engaging in all of this behavior is totally working against my goals. And there's so much friction there and we're not changing. We're not changing anything. We're not drawing lines in the sand. We're not acting differently, right? So just asking yourself, like, where do I kind of not want to admit that my environment is causing a lot of friction and I'm, I'm not willing to admit that and I'm not willing to set the boundaries or make the changes that I need to, okay? So that's a pretty, can be a pretty tough one. It can be a pretty confronting one, but it's really worth asking yourself if it seems to be external, 
external things that are getting in your way. I mean, it's still internal because it's still us making choices, but it's like maybe our value set is safety, wanting to belong or not wanting to offend. (laughs) You know, maybe those are actually higher on our list of values than us getting a fat loss result. And again, it's not a matter for me to make any judgment on that. It's a matter for you to decide what really is important to you. What do you really want? But also I don't want this to be disempowering because I want you to know that it might be, it might feel like a lot of resistance. There might feel like a lot of resistance for you to act in a different way. And when there's a lot of friction, we have a lot of resistance, right? When our environment is sort of really tipped against us in that way, there's going to be a lot of resistance to change. So definitely at first, it might feel really hard to set some boundaries or make some changes, but I don't want you to ever throw your hands up in the air if this is something you really want. If it's something you really want, it's possible. You may just need then, yeah, more help. You may need more time. You may need more creative ideas as to how to do it. You may need to have some tough conversations. You may need to be really vulnerable with your friends and family and tell them what's going on. You know, you may need to cut some ties with some people who really, when you look at it, um, are having a negative impact on your mental health, your physical health, all those sorts of things, okay? All right, and then finally, you jumped into a deficit without reflecting on your food and body image issues, hoping the diet would fix them. And I did speak about this earlier on in the episode, but this is a huge one. Again, if we have jumped into a deficit and we've done that without at least somewhat (laughs) mending our relationship with food, so we're not layering any meaning on, there's no guilt attached to foods anymore or how much we eat. Like even if you're in a deficit and you were to overeat, I do not believe that we should be feeling guilty about those sorts of things or, you know, making it mean that we're a bad person. That's probably the better way to put it. You're not a bad person. Just in no world does that exist. Like factually, you didn't hit your deficit. Um, And maybe if you've done that for multiple days in a row and multiple weeks, you're not going to get the results you want. And that's it. Like that's where, that's where it stops. It's full stop. You're not going to get the results you want. And if that kind of pisses you off and makes you feel sad and frustrated, okay, that's fine. But can you see how it's not a moral thing? Like there's no morality into it. Like you didn't do what you needed to do to get the job done, full stop. It doesn't mean anything else about you being a bad person, right? Or less than or any of those sorts of things. It's just a a literal full stop. It's a literal full stop. And then you got to go, well, like... how much does it matter to me? Do I need to get help? Do I need to speak to a psychologist? Do I need to get a coach? Do I need to talk to my partner? Like, what do I need to do to move forward from this? Yeah. So I hope that helped. I hope that helped in terms of you'll hear what I've really been speaking about is just so much reflection. So, so, so much reflection because I think that there's heaps of data out there on and how to do a deficit. I think we kind of know that now in 2022. It's like figure out your maintenance intake and figure out your um, rate of deficit progress or like how aggressive you want your deficit to be. Like, is it 10%? Is it 15%? Is it 20? Is it 25%? Sit in that, do it, you'll get the result, you know, and 
that that's how it works, right? But it's more like these other conversations, I think, that trip people up rather than the nuts and bolts of, okay, so I know I need to be in an energy deficit for an extended period of time. That's not really the problem. The problem is these lifestyle habits, these um, in our environments and our narratives and beliefs around what's possible for us, what a deficit has to be like, um, and what's getting in our way, the social relationships, I guess, of of managing us wanting to do this thing where kind of life is not made for us to do that, you know, the way we're living right now, especially with like a lot of convenience and all of those sorts of things, it's not really set up for us to be successful. And of course, there's something I haven't touched on, um, which is probably, again, another whole podcast in itself so it's like a part three which is female physiology and how that is different to males and how we do actually um we we do expect different rates of progress from men compared to women and it's not that you know the 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 facts are any different like men and women both need to be in a deficit it's not that men and women need to eat different foods or train differently or well yeah look there are some different differences in terms of the strengths and weaknesses women and men have in terms of their training. What do I say? Not capacities, but like, um, yeah, I'll say capacities, but it doesn't change. Like you both, we both need to be in a deficit. It's just that things will look very different to men just because of the differences in hormonal profiles between men and women, um, make, make the game of, um, physique, it's different for them, but those main principles of like fat loss stay the same. The main principles stay the same is what I was trying to say. Okay. Um, and that's, like I said, it's probably a completely different topic. Um, but for most of us, I think it's really going to be more like these narratives that are going on in our head and our beliefs about what a deficit phase looks like, and then how we overcome obstacles that we find ourselves in. So I think I'm going to call this podcast episode like stop screwing up your deficit or something like that. But I hope that this was really, really valuable to you. If it was, please tag away um, fitandfree.podcast and Amy Louise Coaching. So I know that you've listened to it. Um, shoot me through some DMs with your biggest takeaways. And if you've done these reflection exercises in your journal, how did you find it? Um, and I'm super excited for you. If you need help with getting into your own deficit or do want to have like a one-off consultation with me about your own plans coming up, hit me up in the DMs and we can chat about how I can help you. Otherwise, I hope you have an amazing day and I will speak to you again soon. 